0: everybody. Welcome to This Ocean Life Podcast. Thanks for being here. I am your host, Josh Peterson. Today is episode number 94. I speak with Susie Cooney, a well-rounded athlete who has turned her love of the ocean into a lifestyle of training others. Susie takes us through her evolution from windsurfing and dirt biking to SUP and finding her passion for the world-famous Maliko Downwind Course on the island of Maui. We hear of Susie's approach to training athletes, both remotely and in person, her approach to the physical and mental aspects of endurance paddling, and her passion for spending time to help others grow strong in the ocean. Susie shares her stories of building a massive SUP event to raise awareness for women's health and leveraging that to grow an amazing lifestyle of writing books, training others, and competing herself in SUP events. We hear of a recent trip Susie made to Hood River, Susie's love for riding dirt bikes and her strength pushing through injuries to continue to thrive in the ocean. Speaking with Susie today is sort of the last of a multi-part series of Water Life on Maui. Susie's a great representative of Maui, doing a lot of neat things with professional athletes, weekend warriors like myself, and everything in between. So thanks for being here, supporting the podcast. Hope we're all minimizing plastics, cutting back on the straws and everything, getting out in the water, having fun as always. And I got to pre-apologize before we get into this. My audio on this podcast is a little funky. Fortunately, Susie's came through really well, which is good, being the star of this episode. Uh, But mine's a little funky, so I apologize for that. Technical glitches, you know how that goes. So, thanks again for being here. Always appreciate it. Now, let's get into the ocean life of Susie Cooney. All right, so Susie, um... You know, as we we're just chatting, first and foremost, thank you for being patient, working around schedules. You've been busy, I've been busy. I was out in Maui, like forty five minutes away from you. had some issues with the family. couldn't make it to see you. So thank you for making time today to to share some stories.
1: Absolutely my pleasure. i I know you were taken well care of though here. We have a really great Ohana.
0: Oh, no question, no question at all. It was an amazing trip. <laughs> all right, so, you uh it's like there's four thousand different ways to start but i'm curious you just got back from hood river not even the ocean (laughs) fresh water so uh and i saw some cool instagram you're driving boats you're out there doing stuff so first of all tell us what you're doing out in hood and how it went for you
1: well the hood is my old stomping grounds and um yeah i've used to windsurf there drive like a mad woman from san francisco through the night friday wake up at the hatch about 5 a.m for dawn patrol and um that's yeah so it was i hadn't been back there i don't even want to tell you how many years but um it was a great opportunity to see how big hood river has become like you going back to maui i was shocked um but it still had that great feel and i saw a lot of friends and the same shops were there and that was around a great event um, i didn't get to paddle but unfortunately not this time but next year but um, one of my clients brought me out who allowed, that allowed me to coach some of my other people and athletes, and it was a great time to do some face one-on-one, some hugs, you know, meeting clients I'd never met before um, who were competing, because I've only been training them on Skype, and it was nice to press the little flesh, get some hugs and support, yeah. Bobo, support Bobo, who you interviewed, and mm. um, Laura Clayton and some others. And, um, it was nice to be back. It was cold. It was so for me, you know, it was like (laughs) cold (laughs) compared to Maui and super dry. But, um, you know, that wind and that, that vibe, um, and the, just the mountain air, you know, it was, it was really, it was a great event. So that's what took me back. And yeah, the boat thing, that was a serendipitous thing that happened. And we got to, uh, drag Bobo around on the foil on two boat, and uh, I'm sure you saw that clip so he was, he was pretty stoked
0: oh man yeah that's just incredible like I hadn't even thought about that until I saw it I'm like that makes so much sense and then for that little guy to have opportunity just like that looked cool and then I saw a, pic, an, a video on your Instagram of you driving the boat and everything so
1: oh, I talk, describe the whole
0: setup what that was yeah. like folks haven't it was- seen it
1: It was quite surreal. It was fun hanging out with the Gallaghers and the whole crew as you met, so. (laughs) But yeah, it was nice to be back. Um, You know, fresh water is so different than the Maui water and um, next year I'll be on it, but it was nice to be around it and meeting friends I'd never met and, you know, being back with some of the old crew.
0: Yeah, right on. And that's a pretty, like, that event, I haven't been, everybody who's been there and now a bunch of friends from Santa Cruz just go up for weekends. And everybody, everybody, and I'm not even exaggerating when I say everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Also, the same thing. Hood's insane. The people are great. The downwind's insane. You do as many runs as you want. The water's nice, the whole deal. And the gorge paddle itself, I've been kind of just watching it from afar, is growing. It's like a pretty legit world famous thing. It's really pretty cool.
1: It's, yeah, pretty legit. It's a good warm up for Maliko, you know, which is our backyard. And um, yeah, it's a good intro to downwinding and it's consistent it can get pretty hairy out there too but um you know when you're stuck between two states it's pretty wild you see bald eagles flying down and it's just wild here we have sharks here they don't have sharks but you know it's (laughs) a different in that respect and the water's a little warmer here too
0: yeah yeah nice so as you mentioned you were out there uh, with your some of the folks you train, and training is a big part of your life, um, a lot of different big parts of it, but but start there for us is, you know, you're training folks, what do you train them on, and how did you first start training,
1: you know, where did that all come from? Oh, that's a huge question, Joss, I'll try to keep that short. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have been very fortunate to um, create a lifestyle around my career, and vice versa, and uh, my passion is downwind surfing. And um, since, I don't know if you've had the chance to check out Maliko, but that's kind of our backyard, it's pretty epic. I mean, you know, compared to America, as we call it, you know? (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, it is epic. It's not pretty epic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. So um, I have been fortunate to build my life in this field of helping others um, get stronger for ocean sports. And then it got really narrowed down back in 2009, 2010, when SUP really came to life, SUP and I've always had a surfing and windsurfing background and um, kind of an orthopedic, you know, another career. And so as an athlete myself and a trainer, I thought, well, you know, it just kind of worked out. And 2001, 2002, I um, just started Susie Trains Maui. It was kind of an umbrella of training people for windsurfing, um, kiting was coming on the scene, but windsurf- windsurfing brought me here and then, um, You know, SUP came on the scene, and it just kind of took off. And then I created an an even more refined niche, and that was um, downwind surfing. And um, so now, after, you know, a few years forward since 2009, here we are 10 years later, um, I've been so fortunate to meet people all over the world via Skype like we are today and really hone in on the downwind specific subsurfing surfing element. and so it's kind of crazy how in um, one day I can be in Portland, Connecticut, Australia, um, and then these people come to Maui, and I get to meet them in life, real life, oh, and cool. we train on the internet for Maliko specifically, and then they come here, and you know, I blow their mind, and it's, it's really rewarding, and um, I hope I can do this as long as my body holds up, but that, kind of that's how how i'm here talking to you today yeah and i'm so grateful to be in that world and kind of created this opportunity for myself where i get to meet nice people like you and um it all comes full circle so i'm i'm quite yeah. quite grateful
0: nice so that's awesome to recognize and uh it's also i'm sure like. A lot from a lot of hard work, you know, you put in years, 10 years. I mean, when you say like 2001, 2002, and you started training this, you know, it was before SUP. It was windsurfing and surfing. And now you've evolved. You found your own love of downwinding and you've been able to fold that into a training, which then pays the bills and gets you on the water. It's just this really awesome, like, mixture. But let me ask you. So I'm I'm trying to imagine, like, you're remote. You have somebody in Connecticut, let's say. And yeah. they're coming to you saying, Susan,
1: <laughs> I have a lot of clients in Connecticut. It's just weird that way. Yeah. And they're great people. Oh yeah.
0: That's, that's, yeah. oh yeah, for sure. But they're like, Hey, I really want to learn how to downwind. And so my questions are this, you need to help them not just develop the strength, the muscles the maybe the correct paddling Maybe is that part of your, your training, but also like what if they don't have the water? You're tra- you're saying you're training them for Malika, which is a lined up downwind, pretty nice bump, and they might not have anything like that. So how- just walk, take me through oh, remotely okay. training somebody. <laughs> Long-winded way of asking that.
1: It's a big question I get asked often, and um, luckily I, I guess I give the right answers because I'm busy. So, <laughs> um, so it's a matter of pre-qualifying people also as far as their, where they're at paddling. So if I took a flat water paddles person who'd never seen the ocean, that might be a little tricky, but I, you know, you gotta have that, if you have that desire and that dream, I can make that happen. And so what we do is we start with the basics. Um, I happen to send me a video of their paddling. It could be paddling on a lake in the middle of, who knows where, Connecticut, wherever. And then um, I do a strength assessment and believe it or not, I can articulate quite well and give direction um, over Skype. And people are pretty blown away and it works and with very minimal equipment. So then I, I'm piecing together kind of their story, their physical strengths, um, how we can get them possibly sup- surfing at some point um, with the ultimate goal of coming to Maui um, mm-hmm. to surf Maliko. And it's it's not for everybody. Obviously, if someone is a pretty intermediate athlete, they can be trained online. And um, when they come to Maui, it depends upon their level at which they start with me. Um, If they're very beginners, obviously, it's going to take a lot more time and more time on Maui before we get near Maliko because Mm. I have to pre-qualify them when they get here. And I I would say only a very small handful of people over the past 10 years um, have not quite gone out all the way. Hmm. Yeah. And and that's pretty good. So, for the most part, I'm pretty strict on who gets to go, because it's a big element out there, and um, I want it to be the best experience of their life. Um, So I put together programs, downwind specific, surf footwork, we we can do it all, I can simulate on all of my training gear, I'll give you a, a picture of all my stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, and so it's endless on what I can provide to a person on land. And try to duplicate the sensation, the feel, the strength, Mm. the need, um, the education, to before they come to Maui. So they're very well prepared. And I often also suggest going to the gorge before they come to Maui. Oh, and so that as a nice warm-up. Yep, that might be like their training wheels. And then if they do well, I hook them up with people that are qualified, and then I get the report back. And they say, okay, Joe or Sarah's ready to go, you know, and that just gives me confidence because it's an investment to come here. And it's a dream for so many people. And I want that to be as most, as special as possible and successful.
0: Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, I see it here too, like in Santa Cruz, and I'm acquitting it in a similar way where we have a, a good downwind, but it's bumpy open ocean. It's pretty gnarly. And we get people from inland who come and we do do a race and it's really cool. But some people they don't have the ocean knowledge and so it's really cool i could see for you to help ease them into it hey go to hood first try it there you ease in the downwind because once you're on the Maliko, man it might be perfect it might be messed up it might change like there's a lot of different factors you know and some people are really comfortable a big open water some aren't and you won't really know until you're out there so having that kind of vetting and also just a kind of a training wheels you know um kind of process makes a lot of sense and that's really cool
1: Right. Well, you said it, you know, is that the Davenport distance race? I yeah. Oh, okay, I know. That. I know. I used to windsurf there. Uh, it can get pretty hectic oh, yeah. up there. Yeah. 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 So it's a matter of building somebody's confidence on land and then getting them psyched and pumped and educated for Maui. Realistically, you know, it's a situation where I'm sure you've been out with guys surfing and girls that maybe are in over their head and they might yeah. have lied. They might have tweak their resume a little bit, you know, or, <laughs> and that, yeah, sure. you know, they're putting themselves at risk and me and I, I really don't appreciate that. So I really
0: yeah.
1: try hard not to squash somebody's spirit, but I got to get to the real story, you know, because
0: yeah.
1: I've trained nothing. I, mean, I used to work in the Ironman medical tent on the big mm-hmm. Island years ago and a different animal of an athlete, obviously, you know, and, and, yeah not a water person always i'm just giving an example mm-hmm. and they've got a pretty thick ma on accomplishments and endurance cardio strength and all that but zero on the water yeah and um you know so i try to rely on referrals that are reliable um you know my own assessment and then a lot of pre-testing on maui before we hit the big runway yeah so, and that's it's yeah then you know i, I got all the right gear you know I even have a tourniquet. God forbid I ever have to use it. But people, people you know, uh, we don't like to say the S word, but yeah. uh, it's a true deal. Or we come across oh, yeah. other people in trouble. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, it's funny. Like, the tourniquet is, it's like, for some, It's you're like, wow, that's so extreme. But... And I, I carry one of my little dive kits. So when I'm diving off the coast of California, oh. like spearfishing, you know, yeah. I, I leave some stuff on the shore in this little kit. And I have a little, like, you know, nice piece of cord. That's like tuna cord that you could tie somebody's artery if somebody got bit. And it's like, why not? You know, it's like.
1: <laughs> now, yeah, now, now I've just scared off the entire audience and no one's going <laughs> to. There goes that. your client
0: base. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Too. I didn't say that, no. <laughs> but you know, ocean, ocean preparedness is uh, common sense. It's education. Yeah. It's being humble. Um, It's being respectful of any new place you go to surf or, you know, foil or kite or downwind. You just have to, you know, leave your ego at the beach and put your hands in the locals because um, hopefully if you are nice to them, they're going to give you the right information.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. 100 percent. So, okay, we're talking about in this case, you know, you, you get training remotely and you have a span of, of of probably levels of athleticism, levels of experience on the water, paddling, SUP or other disciplines. Mm-hmm. But then you're like also on Maui, you have people like mm-hmm. on the island who you work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's different. I'm guessing they're probably at a, a higher level in general because they're born, you know, they're they're in the water a lot there. And so, yes. talk about that. Your approach to those folks who are maybe down the street or on the other side of the island, people you you interact with personally in the water.
1: Great, great, uh, yeah, great aspect of a different profile. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we do have high-level extreme athletes here, and. You know, when you are surfing big waves or downwinding, you know, Maliko, it's all relative. Or the guys that at jaws, it's like, you know, we're on the shoulder in the boat, we're safe. And it's like, I could never surf that. But to these guys, it's like, oh, it's 30 feet. It's all relative to your comfort level, you know? And so some of these guys, I might really um, like super tweak, fine tune, whether it be their mental training, which I really Mm. specialize in. That's uh, my hashtag is the mind wins first. I don't own it, but I, I like to use it because it speaks to a lot of the mental discipline you need um, yeah. in that at that level, any level. And this type of athlete um, is definitely seasoned. And, um, you know, they might have very specific needs or they've had a bad season and they want to change everything about their training and try something different or learn. You know, I find that the best athletes have the best people around them. And, um, sometimes you can have too many coaches telling you too many things and then you get overwhelmed, but it's sometimes I'm sought out to maybe review something that they've just learned or something new for them to try to make their season better. And, um, that's really fun to have that opportunity at that level because it's no problem getting them in the zone really fast. And, And their focus is so high level. I love it. I almost have to you know, hypnotize them out of it. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, so, so that's that's kind of a example of, um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, Josh, it's cool.
0: That's really neat that you're able to kind of, there's a spectrum of, of people and disciplines you're training on, you know? Um, again, back to the athleticism part and then the mental part for like big wave, like high performance, world-class athletes, and then the person on the lake in Connecticut who really wants to start SUPing because it's a neat thing it's all the same. It's all good for everybody, you know, and everybody gets a ton of props for doing that, but it's pretty cool that you're able to support those folks, like from one end of the spectrum to the other. So let me ask you then for you to be able to do that, you might, I'm guessing you were uh, a world-class athlete, you were at a certain caliber level to be able to relate to those type of guys. I mean, is that, is that accurate? Am I off? Or how did you get to the point where you could work with both sort of sets of, of folks?
1: Well, that's very flattering. I, I would never consider myself a world class athlete. I might have a world class attitude um, and, and some experiences that might have given me a snapshot of being close to that. I've had some nice accomplishments. Um, and I, you know, like I said, my other disciplines in life are motocross and windsurfing. And um, I had some sponsors then, you know, but I wasn't, yeah. you know. Well, it, was, it wasn't making a living, but I was getting free gear, if that counts. Yeah, that totally counts. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but on Maui, <laughs> you know, it's all, I mean, the bars here are very high. And so I would never consider myself a world-class athlete. I'm a work, world-class learner. And so if that helps, that I, I observe, I try to experience, I thrash my body, I throw myself out there, and yeah. I get really hurt sometimes. Um, but that's how you learn. And... You push and you push, and you know you try to do everything you can in your specific discipline to earn respect, to earn knowledge, and to get some miles on your body. So however we can classify world class, whether it be, I don't know now, but I'm a world class <laughs> learner.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's so, cool. I no, I love that. So, <laughs> That's a great answer. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, being able to relate to different, the mental, not capacities, levels, because so here's where I'm going with this is you're, you're working with guys who serve gigantic waves at Jaws, which is right down the street from you. You also work with athletes who have to push through that mental block of Molokai to Wahoo, which it's one of my favorite themes. I always talk to everybody about it, you know, and I'm always fascinated by how people get past their... Fear of big waves or fear of taking the three-way hold down or coming back from that or that like 20 miles into M2O, the mental, the pit of despair people call it, and all that kind of stuff, you know? So anyway, I always love talking about it. Um, I've
1: heard that one, pit of despair. I, that's new to me. I don't want to ever feel that, but I've almost, I know, I know people have. No, that, that's not true. I have. I've been there. Not for long, but you <laughs> yeah. got to get there once, right? <laughs> oh
0: yeah, I know for sure. And that's like, um, sidebar, like one of my favorite aspects of like the, the, the endurance sports is you tear yourself down and then when you finish, you kind of build yourself back up. And I always think you're much stronger afterwards. You know, Um, that's what I love. Just the mental aspect of overcoming those massive problems in your head. And then after when you're done, you realize like, wow, I feel like a different person now. So it's just a neat thing to get to be in that position. I think.
1: (laughs) I I think Josh and speaking to that, um, it's one of my specialties that I enjoy the most because again, I get to learn from other people's experiences and take from them when I'm doing a crossing and having those moments of doubt or moments of fear. And if you don't have any of that, you shouldn't be out there anyway. Um, And anybody who says, oh, I'm not scared, they're full of, you know what? (laughs) Um, So, you know, I think when I'm allowed in an athlete's world, whether it be a Jaws level or someone who had maybe an incident in any type of water where they had a scary hold down or um maybe their ego got bruised i mean it could be a, a list of things that just made them doubt themselves um maybe they got hurt they had a setback. It could be a list of things and then it it gives me great pleasure to get the trust of someone so quickly and give them the comfort that i'm there to listen help and find maybe that new path to success to to, to eliminate that fear to acknowledge it, look at it in the face, and get through that. And um, I think, I don't know, but I'm told that I'm pretty good at that. So I can mm-hmm. really, I can micro-harvest people's yeah. feelings. So they don't they don't really, oh yeah, I did kind of feel that way, and they we just kind of, we go to deeper level, and then we can extrapolate, and then we take that on the water, and they're like, oh my God, it worked. And yeah. there's, no, there's no formula that I have, it's just specific for
0: every athlete or weekend warrior. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Super valuable for sure. Um, just, yeah, day-to-day, whether you're a world-class athlete or just a weekend warrior like me, trying to push it and getting down when you can't hold my breath as long as I want or I sucked at that paddle or whatever. You know, everybody needs a little boost here and there. <laughs> but oh, yeah. let's shift over to, like, you in the water. And you just sent me – a. a link today you're just like your first kind of legit surf and you said almost six months so like what's why is that why 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 are so long what's going on
1: well you know um i was just telling someone the other day i said i wish maybe we shouldn't wish this but uh, those of us that have been at sports for a long time like hard impact sports even though i traded dirt for water you know a long time ago i still had a bunch of dirt bikes here that i finally got rid of because you know, five-mile-an-hour yeah. crashes can do a lot of damage, um, mm-hmm. but I really, I really miss it. Um, I've been injured a lot, and so a lot, and um, this past one was probably overdue, but I just, um, I've had a shoulder issue for a while, and, you know, we all have stuff that a lot of us do, you know, we put up with, and th- there was one specific day at Kanaha, it was pretty good size, and I I don't own a real impact vest, I have a you know, a semi-impact vest and yeah. it was a good sized day, I was on the back and I got a nice big one and it got me and it held me down for a while and my shoulder just compressed under me, under myself oh. and it was like, oh that kind of hurt but I ignored it for like a while and yeah. it got really, really bad and then I thought I better go seriously get this checked out and um, I have kind of a background in orthopedics and that was helpful. And right away, it was surgery and oh, wow. uh, a decent tear with some anchors in there. And that was in April. And it was um, not easy going into the season for my career. My goals, My one of my goals was M2O again. Yeah. And all of that got sidelined. And so yesterday, uh, it was lumpy and bumpy out near Poco where you were, out that window. Yeah. And it was good size, but it was big and just just heaving over and the wind was on it. And it was just yeah. like, oh, i got to go. And my buddy pushed me out and he goes, yeah, got to go. And then I didn't know that he was going to film. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. And it was just like my tribe, my everything was good. You know, just, you know how, I don't know if you've been yeah. out that long, but it was, Josh, I'm telling you, it was like someone turned the light on in my heart.
0: Really? Wow. And he- you didn't really know, or did you kind of... Were you feeling kind of down or did you not realize that it was kind of the light in your heart was kind of muted until you actually went out there and caught a couple and then you're like, oh wow, I've been missing this.
1: Josh, you're so sweet. I am um, a real advocate for mental health. That's one of my causes and um, I was seriously depressed and I disappeared off the radar. It's just my soul died and I tried. It's just like the water is so healing, it's church. And it's where your people are, and you know, it's all of that. It's holy, yeah. heaven, you know, and um it's that my light was dim. I will honestly say, and yeah. I want to that because I want to let people know that it's normal to have those feelings. But I, I isolated myself for a while, and I tried to finish my other book, but I couldn't type for three months, and I love to write. Oh man,
0: yeah.
1: I, I couldn't play my guitar. I couldn't. I couldn't work out. I was just like, I was a sad puppy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You weren't dirt biking. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Those days are not quite over. But um, anyway, so yesterday was a gift and I'm grateful and I'm still Bad. not, the next step will be uh Maliko. I'm, I'm not ready for the distance yet, mm-hmm. but um, I appreciate every moment I will be on the water again.
0: Good, good. good. Yeah. Well, it's great to hear you're back on the water and, uh, Yeah, it's just one of those weird things. I mean, I knock on wood and I'm knocking on my desk here that I haven't had an injury that's kept me out of the water for more than like a week yet. But it's just going to happen. Like my shoulder's funky. I'll probably have to have a surgery at some point. My knees are giving out. I'm in my mid-40s. You know, those little aches and pains. (laughs) And I'm just like mentally preparing myself, you know, and hearing stories like you, you you could pull it. You, you're okay after five months of being in. And I have friends who've had their soldier stuff. And so but I'm just kind of mentally preparing myself when the day oh, comes and yeah. I got out of the other water for a while to at least sort of be able to handle it. But you've been through it and you got out the other side. So congrats to you. Well,
1: yeah, thank you. I've been there a lot and it's um, not a place I like to go, but I guess we all have to go there once in a while. And you know, it's my career. And so I lost, I had all these people booked. You know, to come to Maui oh, wow. that I had trained and that was their vacation dream. And I said, Well, you can come, but I can't, you know. So it was hard for my career, um, the people that support me, the races I wanted to do. And I would go to a couple of the races and kind of mope around and try to support my friends. And, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. hard. it's hard to be a spectator. It's really, I don't know, it's really hard. <laughs> And so, so, then the last few I said, "I just can't take it. I'm not going. but but you know, I, I went and I surprised Bobo at the m, at the m two m, and that oh, was a, cool. He didn't know I was going to be there. you know, that was exciting, so
0: yeah, but uh, there,
1: there's a reason, and some good came out of it. and um when I first got injured really bad in two thousand and nine, that's how I got into stuff, so it was yeah, it, you know, there's all always these reasons why we have to go through this stuff, but I don't recommend it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <So>. No. <laughs> oh, that's great. Glad gl- glad to hear you're back in the water and and healthy again. But so give me the you know part of for folks listening who know the the brand name, not the brand name, the house name of legendary name of Maliko and that downwind run. You know others don't. And what it is in you know, Maui is just like the super lined up downwind run where you're getting bumped, you're paddling, but you're kind of surfing for some miles. But you, as you mentioned, started like your. Athleticness with dirt biking, windsurfing, everything. You had you said an injury at some point that helped you find SUP. So how did you make that transition from those sports into SUP? What was that event, and how was that?
1: Yeah. Well, um, how much time do you have? No, sorry, Josh. No, no, um, <laughs> no. But I'm again really grateful that I've been able to maintain this um, career, lifestyle, passion for a long time, and it's definitely been hard work. You know. A book later, 400 articles later, um, you know, really trying to just live the lifestyle. And I'm lucky to make a little bit of a living. I'm not, you know, wealthy anymore, but I'm wealthy in my heart and my, yeah. ocean, my ocean spirits. You can't put money on that, you know. So, no. um, so yeah, 2008, I got on uh, an old Laird board out of Kanaha. I was surf- prone surfing and I thought, I didn't know, I saw it. You know, when I first saw when Laird used to live here, you know, he was out at Hukipa and charging and, you know, just it was just people were pulled over on the side of the road. Like, what's who what's he doing now? Like, what is that? And it was just, you know, kind of a phenomenon. And then I got on one in 2008. Oh, it looks pretty fun. But the board was heavy, as big as a house. And, you know, I could barely turn it. I had this thing in my hand, this paddle. Didn't know what to do. I was never a kayak or a canoe. I didn't know what to do. And so that was like a taste of it. And then um, 2009, I had a freak accident and I broke both of my legs. And um, that was, yeah, and I don't have a good story. I wish I was at the dirt bike track doing like a tabletop donkey (laughs) kick. But um, it was just a humbling break. But uh, yeah, in a wheelchair for four and a half months. And um, used to wear my dirt bike gloves up and down the stairs. Because they were so hot to get into my studio to train people. And I had yeah. two, I was, you know, two casts on my leg. And it was, talk. I mean, that was another low time. And that was hard. Gnarly. But I remember that I was on my spin bike, sweating. And, you know, that gross feeling when you have a cast and you can't itch it. And you're just like, you're just so, you're just mad at the world. And you just, you don't know where to go. So I yeah. got on my bike and I thought, well, I got to do something. I'm a trainer. Come on don't be such a wuss and feel sorry for yourself. And I just started pedaling and then I started crying and I thought, I got it, I have an idea and I'm gonna create this, the world's biggest stand up paddling event. And I did, and it was um, six months and I had the help of my boyfriend at the time. And um, six months later, uh, 430 women showed up at the Four Seasons. And um, it was double overhead at Wailea <laughs> January. Oh, man, really? <laughs> we had these beginners on the beach <laughs> boards lined up. I had lifeguards. I had a Navy SEAL boat, doctors on the shore, doctors on the beach or on the water. We were ready for impact carnage. Wow. Um, Without social media, that's when we got all. It was amazing. The whole community and word of mouth. Maybe it was, social, was Facebook around then. I don't remember. And um, the whole community, all the shops, brought their boards for free. Everybody uh, showed up. That's how it was, you know. And uh, the hotel gave me their valet people, and we had DJs, hula dancers, prizes, um, guest speakers, and that was that was it. And I was going to show the world that you could stand to be strong. And that was yeah. my personal rehab, and that was my, and here I am, and. That's how that all started for me. So the good things yeah. the good things that come out of bad, you know, and so now good things are coming again. I'm here with you, so thank you. And, <laughs> so <laughs> you what know, was <laughs> the
0: theme of that that event? Like what was the, the you're was, running, you're like, I need to do something and this hit you, but what was like oh, yeah,
1: the, it hit me. the theme um, behind now, it? The theme was uh, stand up for your health. Oh. And it was to support uh, breast cancer with my which my mother was going through again and um she's also very mentally ill so it was uh, guest speakers about mental health and uh breast cancer and the whole yeah. event was free and it was fantastic we had tv coverage and wow. um, yeah it was bringing the world together to s- it was my career start and things just got crazy after that in a good in a very good way for everyone yeah. not oh. you know, but that i was a small speck of sand in that time you
0: know but right oh that's but, very cool and yours like kind of revolutionary back you know almost nine years ago doing having an event based around the ocean for you know women's health and men- mental health as well and it's so neat now to see a lot more of that like events that are based around the water that have a theme like that and so you guys see stuff like that m- more of those types of things in maui as well or what's it like no.
1: Oh. is a unique place. Um, you know, <laughs> as you know, um, it's a developmental playground for mm-hmm. the latest and greatest in water innovation.
0: Yes, very uh, much.
1: And it's it's like we're behind in fashion, but we, we only have a few pair of shoes, but we have a lot of boards. Uh, yeah uh,
0: yeah I love it.
1: Very it should be <laughs> Yeah and uh, so it's really interesting, Josh, to watch this progression um, in all water disciplines. So, you know, speaking to SUP to foiling now and, um, you know, downwind foiling, I mean, yeah, we are in this zone. It's very extreme here. So we do have some local events that are the benchmark event of the world locally, globally, and people enjoy coming like Olakai and then Patalamua, um, some other great events, but not as many as we'd like. It's not easy because. Well, here's an example. Having watched the industry explode from the inception to now and all the changes, um, there are so many events worldwide that we can't keep up. Yeah. And so speaking to your question, that's kind of, there's not as many here on Maui because everybody's now distracted to other places, but rumors are floating around that we're gonna change that for next season, but I can't reveal that yet. Um, I'm just hearing some talk, it's very good on how we can bring a lot more people back to Maui for all the water sports we love focusing on downwinding foiling and sup that's, oh, that's
0: of, awesome oh, just...
1: cuz you know the sport exploded like the dot com world it just went boom yeah and then now it's all repositioning and then foiling and now we have wing foiling wing supping we have you know the wing thing and Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah I just got one.
1: <laughs> you did? Oh my god! Yeah,
0: I haven't even tried it yet. I just picked it up, and I'm just dying, dying, dying to go well, out. And you you
1: got to come back and do Maliko on it because they okay. are flying. I don't know how long you can hold your arms up, but now they're putting a harness, you know, on the boom. So
0: right, you know. so cool. so anyway. cool. Oh it now is like the yeah. It's like the. Yeah. It's like the Silicon kind of Valley of tech. It's like we'd all kind of, there's like all these brainchilds there just building, you know, creating new crazy things and then R and D'ing it and like, it's all happening there in the water in Maui. It's so rad. Like, it's just so, so cool. So, um, oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, what I like as a trainer, um, watching all these icons, you know, in the sport of surfing, windsurfing, SUP, they're getting excited about something new and they're at a different time in their life, physically, mentally, age, yeah. all that. And they're like big kids again, playing with something new, you know, and it's fun to see now I got it. Now I'm learning how to train for a whole other discipline, you know, foiling, I'm training a lot of people for foiling. and i I don't foil yet because it's like dirt biking to me. If you fall hard, i'm my. I'm so already injured. Yeah. I'm afraid I'm, my head's just going to snap right off. <laughs> but I don't know. I'd love to because I know I would just get so addicted, but I got to do one thing at a time. But anyway, I'm, as a trainer, I'm trying to keep up with all these new toys on the water. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you made a good point. I mean, and I actually had this conversation in the last couple of podcasts. I've had a couple of friends of mine who are like, like legit Mavericks guys. And one of them, he foils and we go foiling together. And we were just kind of, just remarking upon the difference so here in santa cruz and i'll i can claim it because i'm from here but
1: yeah
0: it's not there's not a lot of open-mindedness with this new stuff and it's kind of strange we're on now you have like legendary older guys and you have the bobos who are who's was 10 you have dave kalama who's i'm guessing he's 50 plus and everybody in between they're all picking up whatever it is all the new stuff the old stuff they're paddling they're in oc ones they're surfing they're foiling it's so rad and here in santa cruz it's like i'm almost a little bit like ashamed to admit like this very close-minded and there's like it's it's kind of strange like scp not a big thing and it's been around I for a long time right. you know oc it's just and maybe because it's cold i'm not sure but anyway it's just you interesting have, you, have,
1: you know you have things in the water it's like kelp it's called kelp no yes <laughs> definitely
0: doesn't help some of that no. stuff but uh i don't know i just admire the whole maui water style you know lifestyle and all this all the stuff you guys are doing i think it's just awesome <laughs> i'm what I've,
1: I've spent a lot of time in santa cruz and um you know, Maui has different regions of the island that are still, and we, you know, we have 26 different climates here, and in in one wow. day you can, you know, surf jaws, not that you, you know, and then you can go to Poco and hang out with your kids on little two-foot yeah. grinders. So we you can have one morning of extreme stuff, and then the afternoon you can have a mellow surf session, and and that can. And that's how it is here. So we are overwhelmed with choices, which is the problem. You know, we only have so many hours in a day. I uh, do. No. Um, but I do remember when SUP started um, started here, and you know, my changing my training changed a little bit, a lot. And some of my friends wouldn't even drive with the stand up paddle board on their car. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: From Ho'okipa to town, they'd be like, I can't be seen with this. <laughs> oh, my God. And now, and it's just funny how things change and people's attitudes. And here's the deal. Your body can only handle so much. Yeah. You know? So, so many people that were anti this, anti that, they're making the changes. And that's good that we yeah. have all. Good that yeah. we have all, You know?
0: You're right. But you nailed it, too, at least from my perspective, is like, your body isn't, you're not 20 <laughs> when you're 45 or 50, you're not 20, you know? And so even for me, like I've been prone paddling forever. I've done some long distance thing M2O. I, I just have a, my, I just cramp way easier now. And when you're, you cramp, you can't get to your knees you can't get to your knees. Long distance paddling is absolute torture. And so I'm just like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta maintain the long distance stuff in the water, but I, I gotta just come to, Realize that I might, my body might be changing in a way where I can't just keep doing the same stuff. And so I'm expanding my horizons, and it feels good to do that. But you're right, the, the health factor definitely might, you know, force you to make some moves to some new stuff.
1: Or, Josh, you can reshape your, you know, your strategy. Yep. So, and, you know, a lot of people do the same thing, the same routine over and over, and they wonder either why they're slower or why they can't go faster or why they're always injured, you know, and, um, in my book, I am the perfect example of, I did all those exercises that I wrote about and that I, you know, I know all the things I'm supposed to do and I do them. And sometimes yeah. you, you can still get injured and frustrated and um, you just have to modify a little bit. And yeah, you're right. What you said is perfectly, exactly true, Josh. You have to accept a few things and um, age gracefully. And that's the hardest thing <laughs> for me, yes. too, in my mind... You know, I don't want to. Uh, you know, it's hard. It's so hard to make that change because I still yeah. think invincible, but I know my cape is getting shorter and shorter. You know, <laughs> like, and um, I just have. It's hard. But we all inspire each other here on Maui. And yeah. then we've got then we've got Bobo, who's ten going on fifty in his mind. He
0: yeah, he's, so
1: <laughs> he's just so fun to be around, and he all of his friends are our age anyway. You know. <laughs> He's so a real, and he's just a, a lovely, you know, adult child. Yeah, and, he um, is special. And then we have the people in my age group that are still out there reinventing themselves and having yeah. new discoveries and still having that stoke.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so I think that's important is to still don't lose that fire.
0: Yeah, you know? I agree. <laughs> uh, 100%. And so you mentioned the writing too. You've got a book and you mentioned a bunch of articles and stuff. Oh. So what's the focus sounds like training oh nice what's the name of it stand up paddling performance awesome
1: yeah so it weighs about five pounds and it's um yeah so this um is yeah it's been a big accomplishment it's one of the hardest things i've ever done in my life i've had some hard career things and um but i thought i've got all these articles i gotta put it together and you know i overwrite i've always been in trouble for school you're too wordy blah 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 it's like i can't help it so I had, yeah. I had a great editor katie and she says susie go with it i'll help you and um it turned into a monster it's been touted as the sup bible and it's got everything oh, nice from beginner to elite on big waves small waves downwinding channel crossings nutrition it's a lot And so, you know, and hopefully people, a lot of people have it. I'm very grateful for all of you. Thank you for those who have purchased it. Um, It's an investment, but there's a lot in there. And um, it's very applicable to, like I said, beginner to an elite athlete. And um, we all, I still learn um, every day from people, you know, like yourself or people that I train, friends, that I still have a lot to learn. And so I'd like to finish another book, but that's... um, very time consuming and I'm kind of tired of sitting around. I got to get back on the water <laughs> even though I like to write and write and write. Um, so hopefully that will be coming soon. I've been working on that book for a long time.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome though. I mean, look, just sharing so much wisdom, uh, techniques, tips, the whole deal is, you know, what I was talking to, and we'll put some links in the show notes to the book too so folks can check it out. But while I was talking to again, somebody recently, and, and I was kind of re- re- Reflecting back when I is 10 years ago when I first did M2O, and I was looking around for, Hey, how do I train for this thing? And I, there was zero, there was zero anything paddle related. Like, you know, there's nothing I could find online. So I was like following like endurance running kind of training routine and like the nutrition. There's nothing, no resources out there. And if you're not in a crew of people who have that experience and you're going to go do something like that, you're going to lo- learn just trial by fire and you're going to suck at it for a while until you figure stuff out but with a book like what you have is the bible that's like that's insanely cool because now there's something that you don't need a crew around you to learn who's done all these races and everything you can read this thing and you can learn from those. you've taken tons of different pieces of input from different people on your own and put it into one place for, for folks to learn and get better much faster than spending years <laughs> sucking at it and flailing and learning as they go you know so i think it's awesome that you've uh-huh. done that
1: well, thank you, Josh. But it's taken experience to actually do it, and I felt like you can't write about it until yeah. you do it. And that um, on, we have a lot of great friends who um, continually, you know, inspire me, and I'm always learning by bonking or learning by, you know, um, yeah. making decisions that cost money and time and. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to learn. so I'm trying to eliminate a lot of those, but, um, yeah, it is a resource to help you with channel crossings, nutrition, and all that. And um like i said i'm I'm not a world class athlete, but I'm a world class learner. and um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but i I've, I've I've had some good times out there and some tough times too. And um, like I said, yeah. i miss, I miss being out there, and I know a lot of my friends had it was a pretty big race this year, the m two o, and I, I know who you're speaking about, and um, more power to everybody who can challenge themselves at that level and finish. And you know, it's just mind blowing, very inspiring. Yeah, yeah
0: very... absolutely.
1: You do that phone thing. I don't know, it's it's a, I don't know how you do it, Josh. That was you know, I just don't know. Doesn't your neck get sore?
0: No, <laughs> oh, well, that's why you gotta be able to get to your knees. You could actually put your neck up or you could bend it down. You know, there's, there's a lot of different, yeah, it's 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 tough, but everything's tough. You know, SCP is tough and just. Anything at that distance, whether you're jogging for 32 miles or walking backwards for 32 miles, you know, it's like, it's just freaking hard, you know? It's
1: hard to that. Walk, walking backwards is one of my training tricks and techniques. For, so if, if you walk uphill backwards, is the oh, it's the best you can t- do. It's hard, it's yeah. good.
0: The trucks is good. good.
1: You know but more power to you for getting out there and laying down like that because i like i like to see where i'm going
0: <laughs> yeah i know well thank you I appreciate that there's the way guys who do it and girls it's way better than me but uh one thing too that's interesting um susie of all the people i've talked to uh again this ocean life that focuses on the water i think you're like number 92 or three you're the first person at least that i've detected who dirt bikes in oh. dirt bikes a lot. And I have also a, a, a issue with dirt bikes. And I made a similar transition. I mean, I grew up dirt biking and being in the ocean side by side, and then I got super focused on dirt biking and then kind of made this conscious decision to hang it up and focus on the ocean for different reasons than you. But my question to you, or just, is there's a sense of flow. Like when we talk about surfing, you talk about downwind surfing. There's a sense of flow of just being, of just energy moving of just you on your board, without even thinking, just being in the moment. And there's that's exactly the same thing as dirt biking. And you know, you're not thinking about clutch, you're not thinking about brakes, you're not thinking about anything. You're just, you're just absolutely in the moment. And it's such an insanely awesome feeling just like downwinding or some other things in, in the ocean. But for you, like relate those two things together, like just, again, the sense of flow from dirt biking, you know, and, uh, and to the ocean. I mean, talk about that.
1: You can see by my smile. I don't know if you can see, but I got chicken skin right when you said that. (laughs)
0: that.
1: Oh my God. You're
0: a total dirt biker. I love it. And then I
1: want to show you, I still got, there's my, uh, there's my helmet.
0: Oh yeah. Don't get rid of that.
1: I got all my gear and all the great memories, a few scars, but, um, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because it's very, I like speed. I like adrenaline. I yeah. love driving that boat in Hood River that made my whole trip. You know, <laughs> It's just like driving a big board out four stroke, you know, anything. Yeah. I love Porsches and um, anyway, it's another story, but um, yeah, the, being in the moment, like being, having an athlete to train that's so hyper-focused that I can get into that zone and get out and then experience it yourself on the track or on the water. Um, mm. It's, I think a lot of people have not yet had that opportunity, and um, if you can't, like you were, and you were talking, I was starting to smile bigger, and my whole body reacted to that. And it's what we live for, and you don't know it until you do it. And then I try to train clients to be instinctive, and my goal is to let, uh, like, ask them to give them permission to let go of thinking and just get mm-hmm. in that moment. And not everybody has that. And there's yeah. so, much, so many things you have to do to get there. And you can't, there's no formula. Okay, do this, do that, do that. It just has to, you have to have trust in yourself, passion for your sport, and that desire and not as much fear to go for it. You know, full throttle, mm-hmm. big waves, make the drop, commit, don't think, just go. And when you hit that moment, I don't know if anybody's been able to describe what happens in your brain and your body when you're just in that, that flow. It's a great description, Joss. I don't know how to even put words to it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: My body <laughs> responded, though. That was cool.
0: <laughs> I know. It's like one of those things, you know, like if you could bottle it up, like if you could bottle up the like the, the, the energy of like a 10-year-old, you know, like this <laughs> stoke and the natural love of the world, if you could bottle up the sense of peace and flow you get from you know, being in the ocean or anything, and just take a shot of it when you need it, when you're sitting at the computer at work or whatever, you know, it's like one of those things. It's just really special, you know, and that's one of my favorite things. Like I really relate downwinding to dirt biking, like cross, like the oh, 80 yeah. mile enduro rides I used to do and racing where you're just, you're, you're just reacting, you're not thinking, and you're just absolutely in the flow. Same with like downwinding, you just see a bump, you're not really thinking, you're just moving and everything's in, in the flow, you know, it's just a it's pretty awesome.
1: You describe that. I used to look at dirt like I used to look at what like I look at the ocean. I look for groomed areas of like oh look at that fresh dirt that looks so prime you know. (laughs) and then you know I'm driving past Ho'okipa. It's like oh I can't go right now, but maybe I can go later. And you're looking at the texture, you know. So all those similarities, and it's like oh you know it's just funny how that's similar. And gets yeah. um, you all excited and frothy and, you know, but um, yeah, dirt biking is an adrenaline thing and um, I miss it very much. I'll get back. I used to do some road riding too. Yeah. Um, cool. That was scary living in the Bay Area, yeah. you know, just like full leathers or nothing, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: No. <laughs> it's that, that is like, sketchy. That's, that's sketchier than surfing Jaws would be just yeah. a, a, a normal commute <laughs> in the right. Bay Area. Um uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I guess getting you know in the zone on the water or the dirt is um, kind of where I like to train people, and that whole hashtag, the mind wins first, and I try to have people spread that word because it's true. You you know our minds hold us back, and they can prevent us, or they can deliver great opportunities if we just trust ourselves more. Mm. And um, we all have huge mental capacity to do more than what we think. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I would like to give people. Um, a place to discover that, and what I find, Josh, is when I'm out on the water for their first Maliko run, is, you know, they're they're overwhelmed. The adrenaline is coming out of their teeth. They sometimes they can't stand for like a half hour because they're frozen, not in fear, but just excitement. Sometimes fear. Yeah. Um, so it's just that. They're just looking around, and we're bobbing up and down. I might drop down two feet, and they come up, and they're like, where'd you go? Okay, she's there, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's a lot going on. And then at the end of the run, you know what, we always do kind of a debriefing and high fives and all that. And then we, we come to some really soulful stuff. Like, you know, they were shocked that they just did that. Or, like, you know, some people... A couple of people have had some serious meltdowns, and I think it's just a matter of a lot of things going on in their lives. Some of these athletes are making changes in their life, their family. Yeah. Uh, some are full-on athletes and they've changed careers and there's a lot going on out there. And the ocean brings it out and you're sometimes you're forced, as you know, to deal and to manage. and no, no matter what I can do to tell you to be comfortable, calm, it's just water, you're freaking out in your head. And, um, you know, it takes a while for me to bring some people down, but I do it and I acknowledge them and let them know that they're going to be okay. And we're going to get to point B soon, you know,
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a big day for a lot of people. It's a big day for me as a trainer. And, um, I'm just really, I have more, I have a lot of fun and I'm grateful for these opportunities because I get to come in a person's life and, uh, experience that with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really special is to be there, help them find it themselves, but then also be there, be present, be part of that experience for them. You know, I think that's just a, just a really special thing for you to get to enjoy as well. Um, so then Susie, I mean, you're back in the water, shoulder rehab, you're back now surfing. You got to surf yesterday, I believe. Uh, um, what's next? You know, like what are you looking at and you got some some neat things happening in Maui next year, but what else? You working on a book, but anything other big things happening that uh, you could share with us?
1: Gosh, I wish I, you know, be, today was really special. Thank you. Um, I wish I had some fantastic things cooking that I could share, but I am just wondering where the sport's going to go, you know, with downwinding, where I want to go with it. Um, there's a lot of, I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of open to what life's going to bring me, but my number one priority is to get back 100%, um, do some things for myself this next season as far as uh, more M2M, more, I love to paddle Maui to Molokai, mm-hmm. I want to do that a lot more for fun, um, instead of having the pressure of, you know, race day. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, that's a, that's a big question, I might have to get back to you on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm grateful. When you're down and injured, you're grateful for everything that your body gets to do because it's so important. It just it's so important to me as a person. But nothing too exciting yet. There's a couple. Actually, no, that's not true. There's a couple things brewing, but we'll see how that goes. And um, I'm looking forward to sharing that soon. So
0: yeah. Well, it sounds like. everything you're doing today and then tomorrow and the next day is pretty freaking exciting to me. So uh, (laughs) keep it up. And it's great to hear back in the water and everything.
1: Yeah. I just, I just want to thank all my friends and um, I have a lot of special people that you met recently and interviewed and they've all been supportive and they're dear friends and um, our circle in the water is expansive. You know, we have a worldwide Ohana with you and everybody that we enjoy and people that support us and what we do. And we are so lucky. So, um, yeah. you know, you're spreading us out further. So exponentially, thank you, Oh, <laughs>
0: no, hey, thank you. No, I really appreciate uh, the time I spent with, you know, Bobo and Johnny and you and a couple of other folks on Maui. And, uh, yeah, it's just I appreciate your time and taking time out of your busy day to, to chat with us and share everything. So, so I want to say thank you, Susie. It's been awesome learning about you and hearing all the cool stuff you're doing. I'll put us some links. Um, in the show notes to your book to your website a bunch of other stuff and uh, man just keep it up and next time I'm out there I'll definitely be sure to to come by and check you out and you'll be okay. full you. force 100% in the water so I'll be chasing I you hopefully that. down the Maliko coast
1: yeah if I could also mention just a little tiny plug I also have another website oh, yeah. called com, and that was yeah, a huge, that was a huge project and so everybody go check that out it covers all, all right. the disciplines of Maliko and I've got some cool nope, designs right. on there and it's another oh, extension right. of my other world. So
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll put I'm all those life. links on there. Yeah, I, look can forward be busy checking out.
1: I look forward to seeing everybody on the water again. Maliko, it's coming up yep. maybe yep. in a couple of weeks on a special day.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, Hey, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. It's awesome talking with you and um, keep rocking and uh, get better.
1: Thank and, you. Uh, thank
0: you. Aloha. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening uh, to another podcast episode. C- can't do it without you, and uh, so thrilled to have you here supporting uh, myself and the podcast and all the guests. Uh, continually, always appreciate a positive um, rating on your uh, your podcast app, whether it be you know Apple Podcasts, iTunes spotify you name it just helps helps grow the podcast and uh spread awareness so thanks for that and then any uh social media mentions always super appreciative and uh if you know somebody who you think would be great to have on the podcast to share the, about their ocean life please hit me up i'd love to chat with them or if you think you'd like to let me know uh email is josh at this TV. all right thanks guys